action, finishing strong, empathy, and impact on learning. These are the topics in today's mashup. Hey there, this is Matt, and you're listening to the Math Boss Mashup. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so deeply humbled that you've chosen to spend this time with me. In today's episode, I'm going to share some of the highlights from season one. Let's jump right into it. So it's not just planning. It's not just designing action steps, but it's building. At this point, we're talking about involving dynamic teams. That's teams that pop up for a specific purpose to address specific critical points in your culture data. These teams pop up, they're formed, they address those critical points, and then the teams disseminate. The teams change, but they involve an array of people across the campus so that we're not trying to sell the teachers on a new strategy or a new plan. We're not trying to pitch or sell this grand idea. It's not a grand opening like we'd previously discussed in episode one. We're not trying to sell on how we're gonna make things amazing. We're just merely doing it, getting involved, getting people involved, and making it happen. Then you're going to create the instructional plan to make it happen. That's how champions finish strong all the way through July. Come August and September, you'll have nailed down a plan. The great thing is it won't be your plan. It'll be our plan. Then you can execute straight out of the gates with no delay. You'll be miles ahead of every other campus because your start depends on your finish this year and your finish next year depends on your start. That's why champions finish strong. That's how champions finish strong. There's something about the importance of meaningful work. The tasks, the chores, the duties that we have, finding meaning in them. This segment is about meaningful work. The next time you're at a meeting with other principals and you're given an assignment or a series of forms to transmit to your campuses, ask yourself, how many of those principals are completely absorbed in this work? Next time you're on campus and you're given work to your teachers, ask yourself, how many of them actually say that this is a waste of time? And then again, go into the classroom. And when observing students, how many of them are actually absorbed in the work that they're doing? Meaningful work requires a state of flow. It requires play. It requires absorption by the work because the work itself is creative, it's innovative, and it matters to someone in our lives. What role does empathy have in leadership in a school? How does it build vulnerability-based trust 
and how does that turn into a healthy school culture? This segment is on empathy. What is empathy from a leadership perspective? How does it empower your campus to achieve greater impact? And how does it empower your people? In this podcast, I'm going to share the five characteristics of empathy that will transform your school from its current level of performance. These characteristics will keep your star teachers from quitting you. It will unite the circles and the tribes within your campus. Empathy. Let's jump straight into the first characteristic. Situational awareness. This is the ability to gauge the pulse of your campus, to measure the temperature, the networks, and to understand your people. Predicting what could go wrong in an action plan. Communicating the pitfalls before they occur. Understanding the implementation dip and why and how you can move past it. Mitigating the cost of setbacks. Situational awareness is about being aware of the tribes that exist in your culture, often with different objectives and purposes. These tribes are critical to your success. Situational awareness allows you to create bridges and interconnectivity between the tribes on your campus to enlarge the circles of trust and interdependence. It allows you to understand the issues that lay just beneath the surface. Without situational awareness, you are just the Titanic floating through the dark, not knowing when the next iceberg will rock your vessel, maybe even sink it. Discord, disgruntledness, and unresolved conflict persist when leadership teams lack situational awareness. But how do you build this skill? How does an educational leader build situational awareness? You don't. Instead, you do what I'm going to talk about next. You seek to understand. Empathy is not low expectations. It is not softness. It's not without standards or substance. Empathy is not afraid of data or of measurable impact. No, empathy is the very leadership attribute that creates impact, that unites people and that empowers your school to be great. And finally, what is impact? How do we determine our impact on learning? What is success for your school? Is it a rating? Is it a passing rate? Is it a promotion? Or do you measure success by impact? James Griffith is the name of a relatively unknown researcher at the United States Department of Education. James published a very interesting study a few years ago, but the findings are almost obvious. He examined the relationship between transformative leadership practices and turnover and student achievement. Transformative leadership for principals is defined as 1. Inspiration 2. Showing consideration to individual staff members and 3. Acts that are intentionally, intellectually stimulating. He studied how leadership practices impact job satisfaction. Is teacher happiness one of your primary leadership aims? It should be. And it's not a target that's at odds with student-centeredness. They go hand in hand. Let's look at his... 
The problem is most schools measure performance and not impact. Most schools intend to evaluate impact, but most data are designed to determine mastery of skills, not impact. What does your school measure? Are you gauging what you intend to? And what does it matter anyway? I'd like to end with a few practices that are currently trending in schools that seek to increase performance rather than impact. First, some schools target low students to get them right above the passing rate, while the rest of the class gets ignored. Other schools will sort the scores to find which students can bump to the next level of performance while ignoring other students. Some schools will provide additional instruction to a limited number of students to boost their scores. And this is not a blanket condemnation of these practices, but these tactics particularly focus on one thing. They focus on ratings, our school's ratings. If we play this game, would it be more accurate to change the message of our school to match the game that we're playing? Because the game we play defines our culture. If so, the message should be ratings, focused instruction. That's a lot different than human-centered learning and a lot different than student-centered instruction. I propose one thought. Test scores are not a game. This is learning. This is life, human life. We can do better, and I believe impact is the way to go. Thanks again for joining me today in this episode of the MathOSC Mashup. If you enjoyed this episode, would you take a moment to leave a review, place a rating, or pass along this podcast. It means a lot to me. It supports the sponsors of this podcast, and it allows me to keep it on the air. Thanks again. Let's go out there and make an impact.